0: Good morning, friends. Today is the 7th of October 2020. It is Wednesday. We are almost there, friends. Psalm 119 verses 145 to 176. Micah chapter 2 verses 1 through 13. Acts chapter 23 verses 23 through 35. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 through 35. It might be a little bit of a whirlwind today, friends, because I have got to be in a little bit earlier than usual at work, so I'm going to kind of zip through everything, and, um, and hopefully we'll get where we need to go with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our heavenly creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others, those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God is the rock of our salvation. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture, and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One... Excuse me. God is the rock of our salvation. O come, let us worship. Psalm 119 verses 145 through 176. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O God. I will keep your statutes. I cry to you, save me that I may observe your decrees. I rise before dawn and cry for help I put my hope in your words. My eyes are awake before each watch of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. In your steadfast love, hear my voice, O God. In your justice, preserve my life. Those who persecute me with evil purpose draw near. They are far from your law. Yet you were near, O God, and all your commandments are true. Long ago, I learned from your decrees that you have established them forever. Look on my misery and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O God. Give me life according to your justice. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, yet I do not swerve from your decrees. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Preserve my life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous ordinances. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O God, and I fulfill your commandments. My soul keeps your decrees. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and decrees for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O God. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. My lips will pour forth praise, because you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your promise, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O God, and your law is my delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and let your ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek out your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Micah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Alas, for those who devise wickedness and evil deeds on their beds. When the morning dawns, they perform it, because it is in their power. They covet fields and seize them, houses, and take them away. They oppress householder and house, people in their inheritance. Therefore, thus says God, Now I am devising against this family an evil, from which you cannot remove your necks, and you shall not walk haughtily for it will be an evil time. On that day they shall take up a taunt song against you and wail with bitter lamentation and say, We are utterly ruined. God alters the inheritance of my people, how God removes it from me. Among our captors God parcels out our fields. Therefore you will have no one to cast the line by lot in the assembly of God. Do not preach, thus they preach. One should not preach of such things. Disgrace will not overtake us. Should this be said, O house of Jacob? Is God's patience exhausted? Are these God's doings? Do not my words do good to one who walks uprightly? But you rise up against my people as an enemy. You strip the robe from the peaceful, from those who pass by trustingly with no thought of war. The women of my people you drive out from their pleasant houses. From their young children you take away my glory forever. Arise and go, for this is no place to rest. Because of uncleanness that destroys with a grievous destruction. If someone were to go about uttering empty falsehoods, saying, I will preach to you of wine and strong drink, such a one would be the preacher for this people. I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob, I will gather the survivors of Israel. I will set them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture. It will resound with people. The one who breaks out will go up before them. They will break through and pass the gate, going out by it. Their ruler will pass on before them. God at their head. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, A Song of Ezekiel, I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit put within you. I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, chapter 23, verses 23 through 35. Then he summoned two of the centurions and said, Get ready to leave by nine o'clock tonight for Caesarea with 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen. Also provide mounts for Paul to ride and take him safely to Felix the governor. He wrote a letter to this effect. Claudius Lysias to His Excellency the Governor Felix greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them. But when I learned that he was a Roman citizen, I came with the guard and rescued him. Since I wanted to know the charge for which they accused him, I had him brought to their council. I found that he was accused concerning questions of their law, but was charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. When I was informed that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have against him. So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him during the night to Antipatris. The next day they let the horsemen go on with him, while they returned to the barracks. When they came to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they presented Paul also before him. On reading the letter, he asked what province Paul belonged to, and when he learned that Paul was from Cecilia, he said, I will give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. Then he ordered that he be kept under guard in Herod's headquarters. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle P, P, a song of the Spirit. Behold, I am coming soon, says God, and bringing my reward with me, to give to everyone according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who do God's commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city through the gates. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for all the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright morning star. Come, say the Spirit and the Bride. Come, let each hear a reply. Come forward, you who are thirsty. Let those who desire take the water of life as a gift. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 35. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to God to ask Excuse me, and sent them to Jesus to ask, Are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? When these people had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Jesus had just then cured many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and had given sight to many who were blind. And he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who put on fine clothing and live in luxury in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See? I am sending my messenger ahead of you, you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of human, of humankind, no one is greater than John. Yet the least in the kingdom, let the least in the dominion of God, is greater than than John. Sorry, I said that kind of confusingly. Let me say it again. I tell you, among those born of humankind, no one is greater than John. Yet the least in the dominion of God is greater than he. And to all the people who heard this, including the tax collectors, acknowledged the justice of God because they had been baptized with John's baptism. But by refusing to be baptized by him, the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves. To what, then, will I compare the people of this generation and what are they like? They are like children, sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, he has a demon. And the Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Nevertheless, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. So a few thoughts, super fast, on the readings today. The first is on our psalm. Um, It's really just a couple of verses, but they, they spoke to me this morning. Verses 151, verse 151, yet you are near, O God. And I think to us today, this is a reminder that even when we feel completely isolated and alone, when we feel like for whatever reason, we are surrounded with evil and hatred and ill wishes, even when it feels like there's no goodness in sight, God is near. We are never alone. We talked earlier this week about God standing beside Paul and telling him to take courage. This is another reminder, God is always with us. And when we feel that like when we feel that like panicked fear in our hearts, if we can just slow back down, to the beat of our soul and seek the divine within us, we will feel the presence of God. In our reading from Micah this morning, this is a description of what the enfranchised elite do did were doing then and still do. Seizing whatever they want. Because it's in their power. They have the power to take and destroy. So they take and destroy without any thought for who they are taking from and destroying. And the writer here is saying that God's justice is going to be done. And and in this Hebrew scripture reading, as in some others, God's justice looks a lot like karmic vengeance. (laughs) If I can put it that way. And I think that's, that's what... In the moment we all desire is for those that, that did the evil to feel what it feels like to have it done to them. And in a small scale, I think it's, it's really human nature and we've even played this out in our relationships. I caught myself the other day when a friend had wounded me lashing out at that friend. And I realized that what I was doing was I wanted them to feel the hurt that I felt. I wanted them to feel what it feels like. And I think that we, we have this desire all the time, but the wonderful thing is that God desires more than that. God desires for something even, even better and sometimes even more painful than vengeance for all of God's children, because we are all at times the wrongdoer And at other times, the wronged, right? We've all lived on both sides of that. Nobody is sinless and perfect but Jesus. And so God desires for all of us, even those who have committed the most terrible, heinous crimes, not for the same to be wrought upon them, but for them to be healed and restored. And yes, Part of that process is reparation and restitution to those wronged. But that does not come through further wounding. We don't get to a place of healing by further wounding. So we've got to break this cycle of attacking back on the attackers and ask for God's justice, which is love and healing for all. And going back to our repeated theme of fear and perceived scarcity, our perpetrators' healing does not take away our healing. Our path to healing lies with God, regardless of what happens with our perpetrators, regardless of what happens with the evil 1% elite, right? not that all the 1% is evil sorry that kind of came out wrong but i think you know where i'm going with this so we must each pursue our personal healing with god and i know i know that that it is at least on the surface desirable to see those who have hurt us hurt But that is not God's will, and it is not for the benefit of communal humanity. When, I know it's really, really hard, but when our perpetrators are healed and rise, so do we all heal and rise. Because then they stop perpetrating, right? A healed perpetrator no longer perpetrates. A wounded perpetrator keeps on perpetrating. That's why they were perpetrators in the first place. Because they're acting out of woundedness. I think I probably run off at the mouth on that one and we can we can call it done. <laughs> in our reading from Acts, what sticks out to me is is how important it was that Paul was a citizen. It sounds like they would have just let him be murdered by this mob group if he weren't a Roman citizen. And so I think... The question of citizenship, especially as it's been so much um, a major, major issue here in America lately, and also the definition of citizen outside of you know a legal standing in a particular country, the, the other definition of citizen is just it is belonging to a group. I think these are important themes, and I think there's a couple of really important lessons here. One is that we must not use citizenship as a weapon to keep other people out or to justify abusing them. And that's pretty much what we did. One of the many horrendous things that we did with slavery here in America We called this, we said this other people group is not us. And so it's okay for us to enslave, torture, abuse, rape, murder, you know, do all kinds of horrific things. And, and what's bizarre to me is that the group that did this aren't really true Americans. They did this to the true Americans as the other. And so the question of belonging in geographic regions is a really fraught one. And I think that we really need to sit down for a second and unpack this idea of citizenship and belonging and hopefully wind it all the way back to we are all created by God and we are all equal in God's eyes. And anything that we're doing to try to define another human being as the other is a step on the path to abuse. And it must stop. God, give us the wisdom to see how and the courage to act and cease this abuse. May restitution, reparation, and ultimately healing be done. Amen. Lastly, our gospel reading. I I always love this when Jesus talks about John. You know, goodness gracious, if Jesus Christ himself was willing to share glory, so also should we. He blesses and acknowledges John's place here. And he goes on to talk about how John is the harbinger, the one who came before, brought the message, and he brought it in this way. You didn't want to hear it because of the packaging, you said. And then Jesus came and he brought the message in this other way, and you didn't want to hear that because of the packaging. At some point, you have to acknowledge that you're just not willing to be pleased. And no matter what package the message comes in, You don't want to hear it because it threatens your status quo and the idols that you have made of power and standing in society. And so again, we've got to peel back to where the fear and perceived scarcity come from. And my prayer for us friends is that we would welcome all harbingers, all messengers of truth, that we would remember that the commandment is love, that the message is love And so we would welcome any bringing that message and that we would be more concerned with living in and from the love of God than we would of our idols of power and standing. May love overcome all. Amen. Well, that's all I have to say about that today, friends. Thank you. And I've run out of time, so I'm going to do something a little unorthodox. I am just going to close us up right now. (laughs) So forgive me for skipping like the last half of all of the prayers. Again, every time I think I, I have found a new rhythm in my new life, something happens. But I believe the Holy Spirit is still here with us and our prayers are heard, and we can continue to pray throughout the day. So I'm going to close us using the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy.